You ready? Okay, I actually have some stories that I wanted to share, okay? Because uh, it was a very special Sunday, okay? So I'm going to start us off on a couple, and then and then we're, we actually have Pastor Nate speaking with today. Yeah. Excited about that. Okay, so we had, man, this past Sunday at our Bishop Arts Oak Cliff campus, there were like so many wonderful things that happened. Um, three people got baptized, okay? Um, one of the stories of the individuals who got baptized, they, they were baptized as a kid, and then um, they had rededicated their heart and their life to Jesus Christ. And so she was literally um, sitting at, like, standing at the front row right after service, just, should I get baptized? Should I not? And I was like, well, Tracy, tell me some of your story. And then I was uh, listening for a little bit, and I was like, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I feel like you should get baptized. I feel like you should. <laughs> And it was also neat to see how it wasn't just um, me saying that, but there were multiple people on the team rallying around her and so many others. But another really, another really, really cool story is um, John Nguyen, okay? John Nguyen was helping to set up um, the, the baptismal area and the signs and all that stuff, and a bungee cable came back and hit him in the face and, like, pierced his lip. It went through. Like, he could push water through it. Wow. Okay? And he's, like, he's bleeding, okay? And um, so he had to go to the emergency room, and his attitude was one stitch per person that's going to get baptized. Because <laughs> he had to go get stitches. He ended, up getting, he ended up getting four stitches, and we had three people baptized, but he was like, it's worth it. It's worth it. A stitch per person. And so I think it was just a beautiful reflection of the heart and house. That's yep, amazing. Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Hey, Antigua, good to see all of you beautiful people. We love you so much. Oh, my gosh. Look at those cheeks. <laughs> Juan, I'm not talking about your cheeks. I'm talking about your baby. Um, and all of you leaders who are hearing this, love you tremendously. So excited that we get to have this time together. What an honor and a joy, right? I mean, to be alive in today's day and age. I'm wondering what would the Apostle Paul have done if he had the chance to be alive in our day and age? How would he be leveraging technology like this or the churches that would be birthed? Man, oh man, what, what a joy. Uh, but today we've got a uh, wonderful Nate Louder with us. Nate is our campus pastor at our Antigua campus, and he and his beautiful wife and their amazing daughter are here in Dallas. So I asked Nate if he would be willing to come on up here and share, and of course he said yes. So Nate, come on up here and let's share our leadership thought for today. Thank you so, so much, Pastor Zerl and Anika. How are you guys? It's good to see each and every one of you. Hi, guys. We miss you so, so much. You look beautiful today. Um, I'm trying to figure out where to look. I got you. I got you, though. I got you. Um, I am so excited to be here. Whitney and I, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be an awesome trip. We're super excited, but it's so good to see each and every one of your faces. Um, I first just wanted to say uh, we have the most amazing pastors in the whole world. Earl and Nika are absolutely incredible. They have walked Whitney and I holding our hands through some of the most difficult times in life and also some of the most amazing times in life. And I can honestly tell you they're the exact same person in both. They love, they care, they push you forward. They ask you to step into things that God has called you to, drawing things out 
out in you, always being gracious and kind and loving. So thank you so, so much. We love you so, so much. What an honor. What an honor it is to have pastors like them. Um, okay, so today I wanted to share something simple, but I believe that if we allow this to get into our souls, into our hearts, uh, that it's going to shift the course of our leadership team and serve team. I believe God has something incredibly special. So the little title of this little little uh, sermonette, if you will, is Are You Still Fishing? Are You Still Fishing? All right? So um, let's set it up a little bit. Jesus, right, turn to John. Turn to John 20, okay? And I want to set it up. Jesus, he had already died. He had already risen again, and he's presenting himself to the disciples. In this moment, he's asking them to place their fingers in the holes in his hands and their hand in the, the gash in his side. He's, he's saying, this is who I am. I, I, I rose again for you. This, I, want to, I want you to know this is, this is me. This is me, right? And so read in John uh, 20, verse 22. It says this. He breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. And I believe what he's trying to say here is I'm giving you my power. I'm saying, here's the Holy Spirit. Take it. Run with it. Obey me. Follow me. And, and make sure that you recognize who you are and who lives within you. So let's keep going. Uh, in the next chapter over, this, this story kind of takes place over two chapters. In the next chapter over in 21, verse 1 through 3, it says this. After Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way, Simon Peter Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and sons of Zebedee, and two others of the disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. He says, I'm going fishing. They said to him, well, we'll go with you. We'll go with you. They went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. That night they caught nothing. So he appears to them again in the story, right? He appears to them again. He says, let me show you my power again, because obviously you haven't got it yet. You haven't got it yet. Let me remind you who I am again. And the fact that I just gave you the Holy Spirit to be operating with the Holy Spirit, to be changed, because obviously you're still operating in yourself and not in everything I'm asking you. And so they went back fishing, and he's like, you're not even that good at fishing. You're not, you're not even catching any fish. And so he says, cast your net on the other side, and then John writes, he says, 153 large fish were caught, right? So who puts the number in, in the story, right? Well, well, John does, right? He's a numbers guy, I think. So John's a numbers guy, and he says, I want you to know the extravagance at which our God can operate. I want you to know the extravagance of when you encounter the presence of Jesus, how it can change you from complete nothingness to 153 giant fish, right? Okay. So then in John 21, 15, this is the end of it. Okay. He says, Jesus cooked them breakfast, right? Some fish for breakfast. And then he says, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Jesus said, Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then Jesus said back to him, feed my lambs feed my sheep. And then he says again, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, yes, Lord, I love you. And he says, no, 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 I don't think you've got it yet. Tend my sheep. Tend, tend my sheep. And then he asks one more time, and Peter's like, I'm frustrated now. Like, you, you, you're not even trusting me. You're not with me here. Yes, I love you. And he says, feed my sheep. And I, I believe, I believe what he's trying to tell Peter is, I just filled you with the Holy Spirit. And you went back to everything that you knew before. And you're not stepping into all that I have called you to. I'm, I'm not saying go fishing. I'm saying feed my sheep. I'm saying tend my sheep. 
Okay, so, so they've been with Jesus three years, right? Three years, they have walked with him, they've learned him, they've learned his character, they've encountered his presence every single day. And then what do they do? The moment that they feel like, okay, he, he, he's not around anymore, what do we do? They, they go back to the exact same place that they were before, doing the same thing they were doing before, unchanged. Unchanged, right? So sometimes, I believe we can experience the presence of God. We can experience it, and then the presence of God, the character of God, the goodness of the Father, and then we can leave without allowing it to change everything on the inside of us. It's not, it's not the presence of God's fault, no. That's, that's, that's right on. It's our fault if we're not allowing it to change our hearts, right? We sometimes have the tendency to receive this incredible gift of the Holy Spirit, and then, and then not recognize the power that it comes with. Not recognize everything that is on the inside of this, and we go back to the old, back to the old, back to the old, and so Mila, we have a little two-year-old, Mila, uh, we gave her a new baby doll recently, and she um, liked it at first, and then all of a sudden, the next day, she's back to the baby doll we gave her a year ago, right? The baby doll, she calls it Baby Blue. She named it, even though it has a pink shirt, she calls it Baby Blue, right? And she loves this baby doll, even though it's like fallen in the dirt like a hundred times, and it's nasty and kind of smells bad, but she loves it because it's comfortable. Because it's comfortable, because because she recognizes it, she recognizes the smell of it, she sees it, and she's like, okay, yeah, I, 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 that's that's the old, right? But she's not experiencing this brand new amazing baby doll. We just caught her, right? So we have a tendency to walk in the known when God is asking us to walk in the unknown. We have a tendency to walk in the safe when he's asking us to say, no, 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 I have empowered you to walk in the dangerous. I've empowered you to walk into situations and to call out the evil in them and to come against the enemy no matter what he's bringing your way. I have called you to step forward. So we have a tendency to remember comforts and crave them, honestly. We crave those comforts, but God's saying, I have so much more for you. I have so much more. We have so many, so many tendencies to operate and to think and doubt and fear in, in, the, in the practical. We think in the practical, when God is calling us to, to be adventurous, to be fierce, to be bold, to change our hearts, to change our habits, to change our, our, our manner, to change our future, and to change our world. This is what God's asking us to do. So I believe he's telling Peter, and I believe he's telling you and I today, don't go back to what you knew before. Don't go back to the old. Don't go back to the comfort. Because if you do, then you're not allowing the presence of the living God to do everything that it has the power to do. You're not, you're not going to be able to complete the calling he has on your life if you're operating in the old. For us at Shoreline, we're experiencing revival. Every single weekend, every single campus, like God is showing up, right? You are experiencing his presence. So, so what I'm saying when I say experience his presence, maybe it's when you got saved. Maybe it's when you first accepted Christ. Maybe it's on a Sunday, every single Sunday, when God is meeting you in that seat, whenever you're worshiping, whenever you're hearing the message. Or maybe it's in your quiet time and you're listening to that still small voice of Jesus. Whenever that moment is, I promise you it has the power to change you. I promise you it has the power to change you. So my question for us is, has his presence changed us? Has his presence changed us? What are you experiencing week after week? It's a revival, and he's asking us to shift old thinking to new. He says, I have empowered you to love my sheep. I've empowered you to feed my sheep, to love every single one, to raise up Christ-like leaders who make it on earth as it is in heaven. I have empowered you to do this through encountering my presence every single week. So think outside the box. Think differently. Stop casting your net on the same side of the boat in the same lake that you've been doing for so many years. 
cast it on the other side. Do something different if you're responding, if you're responding to your pastors with this. Well, this is what I'm comfortable with. If you're responding to your serve team leads with this. This is, this is my wheelhouse. I'm pretty good at this, but don't ask me to do that because I don't know much about that. No, the presence of God changes you. It changes you. It can empower you to do those weak things as well, right? So what areas of your life do you feel tame? What areas of your life do you feel like you're moving backwards or even just staying the same? Because if you're staying the same, you're not allowing the presence of God to shift everything in you, to change everything in you. We are changed when we experience him. So just like Jesus expected his disciples, expected them after three years to understand a little more of their calling and their vision and where they're headed, right? And not go back to the same place they were. We need that as well. He's asking that of us as well. We need to shift. We need to shift and we need to recognize. So maybe Maybe for you, it's, it's this thing that you've always struggled with protecting unity. Before you encountered the presence of God, you didn't understand what that meant. And now I'm asking you today, have you allowed the presence of God to shift you to you protecting unity today? Have you, if maybe the mountains in your life just overtook you all the time beforehand, how are they take, overtaking you now? Are you speaking to them? Are you directly talking to them? Have you shifted from the old? Have you become gangster against dissension? Have you? Because if you haven't, we better get there because we're God. God is taking us. We have to, to, to make that shift, right? So I'm not saying we're going to be perfect. We're not. We're not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. But I am saying that if we haven't allowed the power of the presence of God to change us, then we're not accepting the fullness of who he is. And we, we have to accept it. We have to move forward. So, so what are you weak in? Because God can touch your weaknesses. What, what is your strength? Because here's the thing. Maybe you're like, I can do that thing in my sleep. I can, I can get an A++ in my sleep doing that thing. Well, here's the thing. Where God has called us as a church body, as a leadership team, as a serve team, your A++ is not enough. Your A++ in your sleep is not enough. You have to get on your knees. He wants you on your knees. He wants you experiencing him day in and day out, never reverting to these old ways. If, our, if we don't check our every thought, our every word, our every action, if we don't surrender to him to, to, to the change of the presence of God, then, then, then we're not doing everything God's asking us to do. If we check our motives and our motives are the same that they used to be before we encountered the presence of God, then our motives are wrong. Our motives are wrong. We have to shift them and change them. So allow him to change us. Allow him to change everything in us. I believe he's called us as a church, as husbands and wives, as brothers and sisters, as moms and dads, as, as a generation, honestly. I believe he's called us as a generation to recognize his presence and to recognize that it has the power to change you in every single way, in every single thought that you have, it has the power to change you and it has the power to step you forward in raising up Christ-like leaders to make it on earth as it is in heaven and there's nothing else that can do this but his presence. So, are you still fishing when you're called to be feeding because God's called us to make a shift? So let's make a shift today, all right? Love you so, so much.